Hello folks, welcome to another episode of Yogi Dave's Hobby Podcast, uh, the podcast where I talk about everything in the tabletop RPG, tabletop board game, tabletop board game, tabletop skirmish game, all those hobbies, singular, but in, in my case, um, as a whole, one hobby, um, and everything that they encompass. Um, so today I'm going to be talking to Paul Cook. So Paul is the man behind Pandemonium Miniatures. Um, so if you, they've got a Facebook page, he's got an his Instagram, um, he's got an Etsy shop, Twitter handle, which is um, Pandemonium Minis, um, and he's working on a YouTube channel at the moment as well, I think, you may seen. Um, so I <laughs> didn't realise... Um, that I already followed him on um, Twitter when I started. Uh, actually, I follow him on Instagram as well. I follow him on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. Um, so, paints minis, obviously. Um, and, you know. It was really good about coming on to the podcast because um, when I was recording with Dan, I had two other people that I was meant to be talking to who um, cancelled on me. Um, they know who they are. I'm not going to put their names out there. Um, but, you know, um, I was kind of stuck because I've got the place that I'm doing this. Um, it's my sister-in-law's place, um, obviously. I need, you know, decent internet to do Skype calls. Um, and my internet shite as you all know um, but Paul stepped into the breach quite he's like I'll do it um, other people were like yeah I'll, I'll maybe do it later or I'll do it another time that's fine um, but you know Paul quite you know hand up right away pretty much I'll do it um, which is pretty cool of him to do um, didn't he give up his time other people you know, I, I actually posted on Paint All the Minis um, uh, Facebook page and I, I get cut, uh, taken off quite quickly, I think. Yeah. Enough time for a poultry, really, yeah, I'll do it, but um, others were humming and hawing about it and obviously I didn't get them. But I got two interviews out of the day, which is good. Um, gave me enough time in between to do a bit of admin, record a bit for other shows um, for other episodes um, and do a little bit of um, prepping and stuff also you know um, I also got to actually release a bloody pod um, YouTube episode for this week um, which I keep on forgetting not forgetting to do but um, not having time to do because obviously I was away last week weekend um, or part of the weekend let's not talk about that um, and I keep keep on forgetting to update the YouTube um, episode descriptions so I couldn't add an episode which is kind of annoying um, but uh, that's me rambling on again um, so after the discussion I'll come back and I'll talk to you a little bit alright cool see you in a bit Right, um, how do you folks? So I've got Paul Cook from Pan- Pandemendium. I can't even say it right. 
Pandemonium. Pandemonium minute just then. <laughs> yeah. My brain's a wee bit short at times with actually being able to get my tongue around some some uh, words, but that, that'll um, be alright, I hope. Um, so, uh, introduce what, what you do um, yourself, because it's best coming from you. Yeah, sure. So, I, I'm a painter and a model maker and a woodworker, um, and I operate under the name Pandemonium Miniatures, yep. um, so I've got Instagram, Facebook and Twitter accounts under those names, and the main thing I do through that is commission painting, yep. um, and that's armies, squads, single models, um, scratch-built terrain also, um, but then on the hobby side, for my own stuff, I'm mainly concentrating on Frostgrave. Cool. And on Dark Light and Momentum, all right. Dungeon Crawl ball game. Cool. Um. So, um. That's, that's pretty cool. So I'm gonna start with questions. Um. So how long have you been in the hobby? Uh, on and off. Well, I'm 42 now. <laughs> um. So, I. We're we're looking at 30 years, which is frightening. Yeah. Very. Um, because uh, I mean, like like a lot of people my sort of age. It was HeroQuest and Space Crusade that really kicked things off. So saw the adverts on TV, saw the broadsword and the fire of wrath and all that, and thought, yeah, got to have that. Loved it, played it to death, painted the miniatures in an embarrassingly bad manner, (laughs) but I really enjoyed doing it. Um, And but then what really got me into because I, I appreciated that it was co-done through Games Workshop but I didn't yeah. really know what that was at the time mm-hmm. what really got me into that was a friend of mine who was at school with me decided probably when he was 13, 14 that mm-hmm. he didn't want to do it anymore yeah. and gave me all of his Citadel stuff That's pretty good. so an entire Wood Elf army mm-hmm. And a massive pile of white dwarves. Right. Like from issue 117 up to 154 or something. So, like, if you can picture it, there was me on the sofa with a pile of magazines next to me on the sofa. Yeah. Like an in, in, like an tray, devouring the magazines and then putting them on the other side. Yeah. Just absolutely enthralled by it all. And not just the miniatures, but also the the tutorials they used to have yeah. for um, the scenery building, which they don't well, they don't do it anymore no. because they're they're in they've got their own range and they're more interested in you buying that than yeah. making your own thing. But I still now the the scratch built terrain I make is is very much influenced by that stuff in the nineties. Yeah, that's cool. Um I I would I've been in it thirty years as well and I'm a couple of years younger. I just turned thirty six. Uh-huh. I'd got many yet, um, playing Blood Bowl, see the second edition with the Paul Steinman pitch. He uh, it pretty yeah. much when it came out. But he'd been like a war gamer before, mm-hmm. and he thought, well, this is a good way to get them in it. That bloody for a five year old. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is my th- first year in the hobby. That's kind of scary when you think yeah. about it. Um, I mean, I've, I've, had, I've had breaks, um, so I didn't do anything. For, for a long time and I was a 40k player up until probably about 12 years ago yeah maybe 10 but um, and so, I hadn't done anything for ages then I got Zombicide painted at that set yeah probably 
about six years or so ago. But it, I've really got back into it since last last Easter mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a big way and just only decided to do the commission work and stuff yeah. in October. But that's really taken off. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, um, excuse me, my dog's been up in a bit. Um, but yeah, that that's pretty cool. Um, I'm honestly, I'm I've been doing it pretty much from the get go. So it's it's interesting to hear how long people have been doing it, and you know if they've had breaks or it's just been constant. You tend to find some somebody who starts it like in when they're teenage years, early teenage years. They have a period appointment, and then they go off it and have kids and stuff, and then they come back to it. Yeah, that's a bit older. Very, very. Prev- I mean, my my friend Tom's a good example of that. Um, where and actually, it turned out it was my fault entirely. <laughs> um, but he came around to mine and had a game of Space Hulk. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I used to play 40k when I was about 14 and we were, you know played the game, we had good fun, and then um, I was at his birthday party, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh wow, you've got back into it, yeah, yeah, well, I played, played that game of Space Hulk with you, and I remembered how much fun it was, and yeah. he's got the most massive Space Marine army now, and Imperial Guard, and he's, he's properly back into it, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> you, t- you tend to find that though, when, when they've come back, in, they come back in here in a big, big way, they spend loads of money on it, but... Mm-hmm. What you also tend to find is the people that went away for a while are the ones that will stay in it until they're, they're no longer here, you know. Yes, but yeah. you do, you know, very few and far between are people like me that started it when they were really young and have just continued through it no matter what. I've had, I think, six months off in the 30 odd years that I've been playing it. So, you know, that's, uh, it's weird to. to um, to think that so, so hero quest and all this that kind of stuff is what brought you into the hobby. Yeah, um, in the first what, instance, yeah. What did you love about it so much? Um, well, I enjoyed the DIY aspect of it. So, mm-hmm. as well as obviously you had the quest books, but I had so much fun with mm-hmm. it. Was pretty much like me and my brother would yeah. be making up our own quests. You know, redrawing the dungeon grid on on graph paper and inventing new scenarios and new little trigger points in yeah. each room that would you know set off whatever event. You know, we we actually brought it to a more advanced level than it than it was written. I think. But, um, yeah. but yeah, that the I think it's the fact that things like that can be in such a sandbox. Um, you know, you can you can play the you can play it as is, but I think half of it is what you bring what you bring to it as well yeah. and I think that's why I like things like Frostgrave at the moment um, it's yeah. got the ethos that things like 40k used to where it was very much at the beginning of the rule book it would say please treat these rule- rules as a starting point yeah. and go with it do whatever you want with it yeah. you know? um, and that's very much what um, what Joseph has done with Frostgrave mm-hmm. it's very much you know this is a starting point but if yeah. you Feel like you want to do this, this, and this, then go for it. You know, yeah. Tell me about it. I might add it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool, though. Um, yeah, I remember back in the day, um, I actually talked about that with Dan Adam about this earlier on. Um, I was asking him what he would really like to, you know, if there was a game he would really love to go back and play or play the now. 
he, he said broke trader and, and that's yeah. a big thing for a lot of people you, you find that never experienced broke trader back in the beginning back, back when it was out yeah, my, my memory of it was was it was a very confused and confusing kind of a rule book, and it allowed you to do all sorts of crazy illogical things. Yeah. Like if you've got a if you've got a level four psychic, there was no reason on earth why that psychic could not tele- telekinetically turn a land raider on its back. Yeah, no, I know. And then that, and then that was it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean. It, I kind of describe it to him as a little bit of a skirmish game with a bit of RPG in it. To be yes. honest, that that it, it kind of felt like yeah, because in its first iteration, it did require a GM as well, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it was it was kind of like well, it's what Warhammer and Warhammer RPG would have been if they had been together rather than separate. Yes, that's yeah. that's how I, I, I kind of looked at it. I mean, I found my Rogue Trader set of rules, which is dog-eared and a complete and utter mess, but I would still never part with it for love nor money. Um, um I found that the other day when I was tidying up at my mum and dad, tidying up all my stuff out, finally after a year, getting everything out of their, out of their house for a year, this time. Um, but yeah, um yeah, I mean that's it. You know, you, you you go back and look at them, and you go, yeah, it was good, but it was good when I played it. Yeah, if you, if I you, mean, it is it is amazing. You know, the nostalgia seems to trump the reality oh, yeah. of a lot of these things. I mean, there's a massive, massive um, HeroQuest fan site. There's a big Facebook fan group. Yeah, but and you you could pay you could pay over the odds for a pristine game of HeroQuest, but. I do ask myself, is it actually as good as I remember it? You know. Yeah, I, I haven't played it. I've got two copies of it. That, that, uh-huh. that and Advanced Hero Quest, which are yeah. my dad's, and he's keeping them. He's like, you, you won't need them that often, and I'll keep them. Because he has huge nostalgia, because obviously that and Blood Bowl and Space Crusade was how he introduced me and my brothers to the yeah. lobby. So, you know, it's it's... I think it's more a nostalgia thing for him than anything else. But yeah, I mean, I'd probably go back and play it at some point. But it's been yeah, I'm long. intrigued. I must say, what's yeah. stopping me is that like, I can't stand the site. I mean, I know, I know exactly where it is. It's over yeah. at my parents, and it's not that long ago I had a look at the models, and they're god awful, yeah. to be honest. So, um, and to the point where it's not even worth me stripping them and repainting them because some of them are so broken. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'll, I'll probably do some kind of thing where I use proxy models or whatever yeah. to try it out again. Well, I've seen that. Who there was some, somebody put up a chaos sorcerer that was. From that was me. Was yeah, it you? All right. Was yeah. it you? I can never remember who it is. That yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, there's a company. It's a guy called it's James, isn't it? Called he he calls himself Brass Monkey Miniatures, mm-hmm. and he he sculpts and casts his own. Yeah. And so this this one was actually a complete resculpt of the original Chaos Sorcerer, an actually improvement. It's yeah. it's better. The proportions are better. Mm-hmm. The, the level of sculpting is better. But so that's... I bought that. I bought that from him, and then I yeah. did a little side by side compare contrast of it with the original with my original paint job when I was about twelve, <laughs> which was really quite amusing. Yeah. No, that's that's why I strip and repaint everything all the time. I look yeah. at it and I go, nope. 
it's getting tripped. Paint job looks crap. I've got space wheel for me. Uh, my, um, my space wheel for me is massive. Yeah, Combined that was one of the more harder ones to, to paint, actually, I, I think. Yeah. Certainly with the old the old paint set, because yeah. I don't know if it's only if it's any easier with the new base colours. No, it's, yeah. it's, I, I'd still paint the same way as I always paint. I, I, this is the thing, I, I've developed over the years that I use a little bit of the layer system from Games Workshop and the highlighting, and I'd still use dry brush. Sometimes I'll still, you know, um, rather than dry brush, shade and highlight, I'll actually paint. It depends on the model entirely, but yeah. what you're looking at, but I'll do it. But yeah, um, I will periodically strip and repaint that. <laughs> it depends on what mood I'm in at the time. Um, I'm thinking of actually doing a kind of in between of the pre heresy and the um, 40k paint scheme. Um, but um, yeah. That one's that one's a big project that still needs to get looked at. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so what's the next question? Um, so what I've already asked this. It's what gamer figure popped your hobby cherry. But you know, you, you've already answered that. Um, yeah. How often you, do you paint, play, or study the hobby? Uh, painting, it's pretty much every day. Yeah. Um, if it's commission stuff. I tend to not do that on weekends. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll I'll tend to do that from, use that for my own things. But um, yeah, painting every day. Um, I play. I'm playing Frostgrave on the regular now. Um, a couple, well, usually once a month. There's a there's a group um, yeah. who meet up first Friday, first Friday of every month. Mm-hmm. And that's been really really good. I mean, where I live, Bristol, it's very well served for independent game shops yeah. and clubs. So mm-hmm. there's one literally 10 minutes walk away from me. I've just been up there this morning to buy a few paints. Yeah. And um, they're really good. They do a 10, 10% discount on um, Games Workshop stuff as well. So yeah. that's quite good. Um, Which and then the one, the one I meet up for games that is called Big, uh, Bristol Independent Games. Mm-hmm. And they, it's essentially a warehouse. It's two stories, and they've got they've got a massive um, facility with fully decked boards, yeah. and you can book tables. It's like four fifty for a session. You good. can stay as long as you like for that. It's, it's very very good. Yeah, and um, that's that's, that's one of the things about Scotland that we kind of don't really have is a huge you know, selection of hobby shops or kind of like gaming places either I mean there's obviously all the clubs that we've got but you know it's, it's, it's an unfortunate thing because I do know lots of people in the hobby that don't get a lot of time playing because they can't get to X club or Y club because of yeah. timing or whatever and there's only because the, th- the thing is it required you know it does require a lot of room um, yeah. I've got I've got quite a little flat here um, so what I've done for painting, I've actually I had to build myself my own paint station. Mm-hmm. I got a piece of UK mahogany, made a paint station with a with a lid, with a box with all my paints in, mm-hmm. so I can have that on the table and then pack it all away again when I'm not using it. Yeah. Um, and then as for as for actually tabletop gaming, I doubt I can do anything more than a three by three table, like for a skirmish. Yeah. So 
so to have a facility like like big where you can you can just rock up with your models and, and they've got the table set up for you it's it's incredible yeah because the closest one you've got uh, is calling ground games which is in Stirling and I live kind of between Cumberland and Glasgow and Stirling so it's kind of an in-between place so you know it's 20 20 miles either way probably and yeah. it's probably an hour or two on a bus depending on where you're you're connecting from so it's just it's, it's not worth it when you don't have or you don't have your yeah. own transport but yeah I mean, so, I'm, yeah, so that's so that's the first grave, and then also I've got a regular like board games meetup. Yeah. So I'll usually take over. I, my favourite one at the moment is Darkfinder and Samurai, which is a dungeon crawler mm-hmm. that was kickstarted last year, and um, they actually sell it through their own store. Um, and that's really really good. It's very it's it's people are finding that it's tricky now because. Yeah a lot of the expansion packs are completely sold out so yeah. some people are holding off in the, in the hope that they'll restock the yeah. irony being that they can't restock until they sell their current stock because yeah. they're a very small company and yeah. that's, um, but that's really good um, I've been playing sort of one shots of that but actually at the end of this month I've got a group together now to start the campaign off which I'm quite excited that's about cool. so I've been trying to finish off painting the model set um, in time for that, so I've like I'm like three models away from having a completely painted set now. I think it is. Uh, well, mm-hmm. that's that's excluding the ones I'm in the middle of. So probably seven models away. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I, my biggest problem is actually finishing anything off. It always has been. It's like I need to finish this, but I've got this. It's it's why I was trying to. No, I, I say my missus put me on the band, but I kind of put myself on the band as well from buying stuff. So I, I wasn't getting any new stuff to paint. But then, yeah. oh, it's hard to maintain that. I yeah. mean, I, I, I was like, oh no, I'm not buying any more this month. And then it was like, oh, look at this nice stuff that Bear's Head's doing. Yeah. Look at this nice stuff that Bad's Widow's doing. Oh, click, click. Oh. And and it's lovely because yeah. you know I love supporting those guys. They're brilliant. Um. But at the same time, it's like, I do need to get a grip on this a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, my birthday coming round was the worst. And <laughs> I was like, yeah. I know I need more unlocks for, because I've got, like, a gang of the originals. See, like, the, I've, I've got quite a bit. I've got Ith and Orlock from the originals, but they don't look right when they're next to newer ones. Oh, so the scale like, now, yeah. It must like, look so strange. Yeah. I need to get new unlocks so I got two my younger brother got me a box of unlocks and then with my birthday money I got more unlocks and Vance Arles and but at the same time it's like I'm starting to play Infinity and I'm like mm, I need an army for that okay <laughs> just everyone buy me stuff and then I'm not allowed to buy any more stuff for myself um, except the Conquest subscription which um, for the oh, yeah. podcast and the YouTube channel, I'm going to do a raffle at the end and raffle off the entire Space Marine army because oh, wow. I don't have, and it's going to be painted as well. I'm, I'm painting it um, Storm Wardens. See the Scottish, yep. Scottish. Going to going to paint the Scottish uh, chapter, aren't you? Um, so I'm painting that for a <laughs> raffle. You know, so that's fine. But the Nurgle army, the 
Clegg Marines and everything I'm keeping for myself but it's yeah. not getting painted until two three years down the line because I've got projects that are like this needs to get yeah. done for them you know? oh, I'm a terrible one for, for having I will have even if I'm even if I'm in the throes of a fairly big commission I'll still have the side projects on the go as well mm. um, you know and I'll be doing that while all the shade washings are drying yeah, I mean, I, I found, and I've been painting for a long time, and I found, see the wet palette, see yeah. if you get like an actual wet palette rather than one you make yourself, see if you paint the paint on a figure, it's dry within that, so it's like, yes. for batch painting, yeah, that that's does help. awesome, and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> but you can only batch paint so much. Uh, even even when you're even when you're doing commissions, I can only do so much. It's yeah. like, like I get bored of that. Uh, can't keep on doing that. And I can't remember who it was talking about. When I first got onto Twitter, I started you know like um, Leaky Cheese and all this those guys. Yeah. I started talking yeah. to them, and I can't. I think it was Nikki. Um, I was talking to her, and she was talking about Tau, and I was like, I fucking hate Tau. I hate painting Tau. I have blanket refused to paint any more tau for anyone because it just it bores the crap out of me. <laughs> I can't, yeah, can't get my well, head it anymore. It's, it's ten, well, unless unless um, unless people have got specifics, it's always just going to be too too many colours. Isn't yeah. it? Nothing spectacular, and it's yeah, very flat. So they don't interest me in models. No, they never did. Right? No, that, that was the thing. I always yeah. looked at the number one. Like, I already played like, Battletech. Yeah. I don't need any more than figures that look like mates. Yes. Well, I, I did. I did spend a while with with my friends Luke. Oh, yeah, years ago when we were still playing, but um, he had a Tau army. Yeah. But he was a powerhouse player, so mm-hmm. essentially he it was got armies. Yeah. yeah, he got armies that he knew he could beat the crap out of me with. Yeah. <laughs> with, with with you know with not much tactical consideration. Yeah. It's like I'm going to sit back here with my with my long range tie rifles um, while you advance, and that's all I'm going to do. Yeah. Oh, and I might throw some crew at you as well, but that's that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I, I would paint a crew army. I've no um no issue paint crew because they can be quite fun to paint, but because the ways different ways you can paint different different versions of the crew. No, whatever the client wants. You know. But um, yeah, um, I'm not a big powerhouse fan myself. I don't, I don't understand the, the just sitting there and not doing anything. No, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I've never been a competitive player. Yeah, and and I, I enjoy the narrative, mm-hmm. and I, enjoy, you know, some of the best games I've had have been where we prepared like a sequence of games. Mm-hmm. Um, that have been almost round robin style between three players, yeah. and we between us built the terrain specifically for those. So, like, there was one where I built like a, a whole a whole row of fortifications because we yeah. were bunker siege type scenario, mm-hmm. and got so such such more of a kick out of that than yeah, win at all costs yeah. with how many points I've got. It's like, yeah, you know, I don't mind about that. I don't mm-hmm. mind losing particularly. I just didn't. You know, enjoy the storytelling aspects of it. Yeah, no, I've I've never, never been really a competitive player, but I've never, never understood 
the competitive mindset. I mean, I do play BattleTech and Marvel competitions, um, but that's because they're fun. It's, that's it. It's always going to be fun. It's, it's never going to. I mean, there's going to be players that are there specifically to win and all this, that kind of stuff. But for the most part, it's just about having the fun, and then that's why I like them. But yeah, I mean, I can understand the the narrative side of it as well. I mean, I, my space wolves. Even though I've got loads of Terminators and I've got loads of um, Long Fangs and um, Grey Hunters, for the most part I just play Blood Claws and Sky Claws and Swift Claws because mm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a close combat army. I like close combat army. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's I, the thing, isn't it? It's like people can do that. They'll do the power play at the expense of what is thematically appropriate for, yeah. for that army, you know. Well, I mean, that's a Ragnar Blackman. That's a Blackman um, company kind of kind of army, and invariably I play with Ragnar as my my um, my general. So it's like it works, and and it's fun to play. Even if I get beat, it's fun to play. I mean, that's that's the thing. I I don't mind getting beat if I'm having fun, I, but I know players that if they get beat, it will ruin the game for them for a month or two and it's like it's meant to be fun that's it at the end of the day it's meant to be fun but um, yeah so you've been making terrain since basically you started playing I take it yeah essentially Um, and actually I tried to even to the extent where I wangled my school CBT project Mm -hmm. into um I, I did two projects which were basically terrain for myself and it's like alright so I'm making I'm making a set of buildings the theme is lighting the theme of, of the project is lighting I'm making a set of buildings that have LED lighting so that's what I did I made these phone core buildings and built up circuits and you know my teacher liked it so oh yeah I like that and then another one I made a big castle tower yeah. funnily enough um, the castle tower Involve these little citadel arcane architecture gargoyles, mm-hmm. which I've I've recycled. I I, I still have them, mm-hmm. so I, I stripped them down, recycled them, and they're now on my Frostgate mausoleum. All right, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I played Frostgrave. Um, we did a campaign at one of the clubs I'm a member of uh, last year, year, year before last, and it was Brilliant. fun. But there was players getting very much more powerful than everyone else but I think that was just a, a sense of scaling it's just because there were yeah. so many players in the campaign that it was just like well that's it if you're all at different stages I mean I, I played against level 25 wizards when I've only been level 4 yeah actually for the scenario it didn't make a lot of odds because um, quite well it depends on the players but yeah more often than not I'm finding it's less about shooting each other to death and more about grabbing the treasure and getting out of there yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so um, so actually the fact that he was so much more advanced than me didn't actually make any difference to the game we still ended up with a draw so. yeah. no, that's that's the thing if the scenario makes it so you don't kind of it doesn't kind of matter than that that's always helpful but you know a, a lot of them were free for all so I was like oh god the this person's going to die very quickly. There was yeah. there was one guy, um, my mate Barry, um, 
I think he had to rebuild a, a war band about six times through the whole campaign. And I was like, whoa. It was, it was, yeah. it was just, it's, just, it's like, how, how are you having fun? He's like, ah, I don't mind. Well, well, my, my apprentice died last game. That yeah. wasn't fun. Was no. <laughs> no. No, that's never fun. Excuse me. Um, right, so, yeah, I'm just talking about terrain because um, I only just started doing it. When we moved into a new house, I was like, right, I need to start building my own terrain because I just used to st- use whatever was at the club and whatever was at my dad's. So, yeah. But, yeah, I'm really liking it. I'm, They've never really built any terrain. I tried doing it for Necromunda, not Necromunda. Maltime. When Maltime first came out. Um, which I'm actually... I'm quite interested to see whether or not they redo that. Um, like they didn't redid Necromunda and Blood Bowl and stuff. But, um, well, there's certainly demand for it. Yeah, there always it's is still demand very popular. Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, that didn't turn out very well. My dad did foam board buildings, which were much better than my card and balsa wood and whatever. But yeah, when I moved in, I started doing it all myself, and I'm really enjoying it. It's see, like making trees. They, they see with the sea foam and the foam uh, flock from Lux APS. Yeah. Loving that. Lux channel was just like inspiration. Went from like maybe a one or a two to a twenty in very quick succession because I I'd been doing like the kind of stuff that you remember from the original Necromunda when it came out you know like the can towers and stuff like that yeah uh, well actually funnily enough my friend Saul just sent me a load of the bulkheads that he wasn't going to use anymore I said you're going to use these I said well, I'll probably find them useful then. Yeah. so yeah I've got, I've got again two boxes worth of Necromunda bulkheads and the terrain is screwed from years of pulling it apart and putting it back together. So I need to find uses for that. But it was it's more like your hills and outcrops and all this that kind of stuff for um and trees and stuff which and boards <laughs> which I never thought I'd I'd see myself making. But yeah, I'm enjoying that myself. Cool. Um, and it's quite sure. Uh so talking about Frostgrave your current yep. rule set of choice. Why is that? Well, I wanted a I wanted a game that would be small scale mm-hmm. um, and to keep to keep the hobby a bit more manageable. Yeah. I didn't want to go into I didn't want to go into forty k again. Um, I understand because that it, because I just don't have the time in the space yeah. for, for that scale of a game um, and and. Frostgrave, it, the nice thing is it's as, it's as big as you want it to be, yeah. you know, so I've got my warband, I'm, I'm going to do a second one so I can use it for introductory games as well, mm-hmm. um, and then I'm gradually building up the, the beastery of, of uh, random encounter type models, yeah. Um, really so yeah, I like that, and I like, I like the, the setting mm-hmm. as well. Um, that that wind, that that frozen wasteland sort of setting is great. Right. Um, I first heard about it only last year when I was up in Manchester playing some games. I played, yeah. took um, had my introduction to Gaslands then as well. Right. It's another yeah. one I'm, I'm quite like because that's that's very cheap indeed to get yeah. into. Um, 
couple of couple of bits. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a couple of people introduced me to it then. I thought, okay, go on then. Um, and the fact that it's the fact it, that it's um, I suppose you could call it agnostic in terms of you don't need a particular brand of miniatures. Yeah. You can do, you can use what you like. Mm-hmm. Makes it so much more accessible. So yeah. for the, if you're already into the hobby. You've probably got everything you need to get yeah. going anyway. Yeah, uh, I get that's, that, that's another thing. Me and Dan were talking because we were talking about Frostgrave, and he was saying, you know, if you've got the figures, you don't need to buy anything else. Um, yeah. And I've, I think I've got the figures about 50, 60, 70 times over that you need mm. for it. So, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, that said, I did go a bit mental um, when I when I I decided I was going to get get into it properly. Um, at Christmas, so New Year, I did, I did, you know, buy four of the official North Star box sets, yeah. kind of off, off the bat. Um, but and then I, I ended up giving some of those sprues to, to friends and things, yeah. you know. Um, but they're really good. They're yeah. really, I mean, I think you know, twenty twenty pounds for 20, 20 models. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, and those those warlords. Um, Skeletons, I mm-hmm. thought, were very good as well. That's like twenty-four for eighteen pounds. It's madness. Well, that's the thing. Um, I tend to find a lot of people who started out in like forty k and stuff like that, and they start doing historical stuff, and they look at the price difference between historicals and Warhammer and stuff like that. It's like, well, how is this not the same price as that? Yes. But you, you still have to explain to them well. Games Workshop, but have shops. They have staff. A lot of these companies are. Well, that's it. They, their overheads, you know, must be must be quite mad. And then they've got the, you know, all the all of the licensing that goes out to all the various yeah. other computer games and board yeah. games and what have you. And so yeah, and it's it's fun. I mean, I I I don't I don't. You get people who kind of bash them as a company. Yeah. Which I don't know. I think that's I think that's too much. If they are what they are, they become they become what they are yeah. due to the popularity of the hobby. And arguably, if they didn't exist, there wouldn't really be a hobby as no. we know it. You know, well, they 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 started off by popularizing it in its general term, be it D and D, be it be it war games, um, you know, whatever system. And then, and now they've got their own. You know, they do their own thing and they do it very well. Yeah. Well, I mean, you only have to look at Warlord, Perry. You know, all these, uh, all these other companies, Atlantic. You know, all these yeah. companies that are based around Nottingham are, are basically run by. You look at all the workshop. names involved, and they're yeah. all former former games workshop. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so, Tim, Tim Plow is involved in sculpting tons of stuff, and yeah, it's. You know, and it's 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 lovely to see actually yeah. that that has been that's propagated and yeah, you know so has, has uh, resulted in, in sort of enriching the whole thing. Yeah, sometimes I bitch about the prices, but I don't bash the company anymore. I did. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, there was periods in, in time where I did bash the company and like, oh, they're going to price themselves out the the market, which I still hear. And I'm like, mm, if they haven't priced themselves out the market now, they're never pricing themselves out the market. Yeah, um, I mean, I remember where they used to do sales. Yeah. Sales in a game workshop. Oh, yes, yeah. I remember them all. 
Um, <laughs> that's how I got my second version of Necromunda. Um, and Battlefleet Gothic and a whole load of other stuff um, was when they did it. I think it was um, they were moving from Queen Street up to this is the Glasgow store to yep. the next store they did the sale or it might have been the, the previous move actually they moved about four times I think of it but um, yeah can't remember what the sale was for but yeah <laughs> it was nice yeah. it I mean I think also what's improved and, and you know a lot of it you know they've obviously had a good look at themselves and, and how they're perceived and how, how people see them and a lot of things have improved and one of them is just on the ground level yeah is how the how the staff are in the shop. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't have much recourse to go in these days because, like I say, I've got I've got shops quite local to mm-hmm. me. But when I go into town, you don't get them jumping on you as no. soon as you walk in the door and going, "Hello, how are you? What are you doing? What are you painting? What are you playing?" Yeah. You know, I just come in for a pot of paint. Leave me alone. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not like that anymore. And no. I mean, I had a brief foray where I. I worked in the shop. I was an employee for a little while, and you were trained. You were trained to be almost the aggressive salesperson. Yeah. Um, with you know, with no thought as to, but doesn't that put what most people off really? Yeah. Well, but I don't I, think they do that anymore. Yeah. No, I, I've had friends that have worked for Games Workshop, and they, they, they say that they're like, well, we've got a set target of this to sell or that to sell, and we're taught to push that. Rather than ask customers what what they're looking for, rather than you know, yeah. I mean they've, they've still got the push, but I don't think it's as it's supposed to be as aggressive as it used to be. Um, no, I don't think. It's, I, I certainly don't don't get the the upselling and the, the hard sell yeah. as as it, as it used to be. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I I've worked in retail, so I know what it's like, but it's like okay. Um, but yeah, um, my brain is just. Um, so, favorite army you ever had? Um, favorite army I don't. Well, my my first army was was Blood Angels. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're for for nostalgia's sake, they're probably favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but my but when I actually created my own Space Marine chapter and put a bit more of a backstory in for them. Um, I really enjoyed those. They, they were called the Rift Guardians, and um, colour scheme was kind of like the Deathwing, so pale bone colour, mm-hmm. armour, black shoulder pads, white helmets. Mm-hmm. Um, and they looked, you know, they looked pretty decent on, from a distance, so it was very much uh, tabletop standard paint yeah. scheme. And I ended up amassing about probably three to 4,000 points worth. Um, which is still in storage. I've got to work out what the hell I'm going to do with them. <laughs> Part of me is like, ah, oh, no, keep them nostalgia. Yeah. You know, look at them every every couple of, you know, every six months or whatever. And the other part of me is like, yeah, but they're just taking up space. Yeah. I can just I can sell it quite happily. Well, I don't know. That's that's the thing though. You, you, I've I've sold bits and pieces, and every time I've sold it, it's like something that I know. I'm never going to be nostalgic about it, so mm. I can get well, rid of it. Well, the problem, it becomes a wrench. When you put a lot of effort into, you know, converting, painting, yeah. you know, building up a backstory for it, it's, you know, it's your sort of, 
it's your baby. Like, yeah. It's a creative endeavour, isn't it? Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Um, it's like everything in the hobby. You, you invest what you, you get it out what you invest in it, you know. Yeah. And when you do something all on your own, it's um, it's it's a big thing. Um, so, no, you've done um, board gaming and skirmish gaming and board gaming. Have you ever been involved in tabletop RPGs? Only a little bit. Um, so I played well, again up in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine who he, he plays he plays various different systems, so it's quite nice. I get little introductions to little things. Yeah. And he plays through with the uh, the Savage World system. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. And we we concocted a really cool little adventure. Yeah. Um, and it was myself and his partner were playing, and it was this sort of Victorian steampunk, steampunk kind of setting. Yeah. Um, very pithily, mm-hmm. you know, because you can't really avoid that. No. But um, but it was very much just we were investigating what turned out to be a demonic cult. Yeah. We were trying to summon something in the basement, um, and it was such a lot of fun. Um, and I liked. I liked the fact that the this one rule set was so adaptable to yeah. whatever setting you wanted. It's very clever. So, yeah, I I I think I'd like to do a bit more of that. I don't know about D and D. Yeah. I think that 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 require a fair amount of homework in terms of getting into the lore and things. It's not something I'm that familiar with. Yeah. I mean, I've been painting a lot of D and D character models for yeah. people, so I get a bit of a feel for what a tiefling is and what a um, whatever, one. but um, I mean, I did have the Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay book, the, the original, like the original edition, yeah. and I did create myself characters. But the problem was that I there wasn't anybody else <laughs> who, to who I knew who wanted it. The only yeah. reason I had it was because my dad was a bookbinder, mm-hmm. and uh, he he happened to produce that at, at his workplace and had yeah. a spare copy. Jackson from Steve Jackson Games and Steve Jackson. Oh, everybody did. Yeah. And, and then I'm like, yeah. no, I can't get them out because I watched Tabletops, the Bob Eaton web show where he did the tabletop games. I watched yeah. that and they'd Steve Jackson on, from Steve Jackson Games on one of the first shows and you're like, yeah, yeah I'm never mi- mistaking the two of them ever again. And it's, and it's funny, isn't it, as well, because Steve Jackson, the American Steve Jackson yeah. is, is, at least as influential on on the on the uh, the role play and the role Robin, play genre yeah. um, as as Steve as, Jackson, as Miles Steve Jackson, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, well, you, that, that's it, isn't it? Um, there's there's certain people who are very influential on 
in an industry <clears throat> that's quite I mean it's niche but you know um, you know because Gary Gygax from the, the Dungeons and Dragons and then you get Rick Priestley yeah. I think the two of them yeah. are kind of parallels of each other in the different sections of the the hobby yeah, um, because I mean how many games has Rick Priestley been involved in it's well, he was he was he was war, it was Warhammer and Forty K from yeah. the very get go. He, he he formulated those things in the first place, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, he's had a hand in all, in every other system I think that they produced. And he's he's probably started the careers of yeah. how many? You know, Andy Chambers, Jervis Johnson. Yeah. You yeah. know, you name the the luminary of Games Workshop or the. The tabletop industry he's probably had a hand in every one of their careers yeah. at some point um, and that's probably the same for Gary Gygax and the RPG yeah at least on the American side of it so yeah it's interesting to think about these things I think um, yeah so if you could play a rule set from any point that you haven't played so far which one would it be that's a good time. <laughs> Dan's stealing that one off me he said that to me <laughs> that's a hell of a question um, I'm intrigued I'm intrigued to play Saga mm-hmm. actually you know the Viking yeah. one I've played that it's good fun yeah it looks to be good um, and actually the same person who introduced me to Frostgrave I know that he, he plays Saga so I think next time I'm up in Manchester I might have to persuade him to show me yeah. But again, but again, I think that's one of those things where it's it can because for, for my understanding, you can go from you can have you can make it a skirmish game, but you could go all out and have pitch battles if you wanted to as well. Yeah, you could pro- you could probably build up because it's a point. Um, I can't remember the point system though, but you know your conscripts at a certain point, your next level up at a certain amount of points, and then your elites at a certain amount of points, and then. You know, you've got a certain amount of points to build up, so you could have a whole crew of elites or whatever you want to do. Yeah, it's an interesting set of rules. Um, yeah, that's a good one actually. Um, so, try and get a little. Um, yeah, <laughs> my brain's about to fart. Um, yeah, so board games wise, um, your the game that you're playing just now. Remind me, because I forget. Yeah, Dark, Dark Light Memento Mori. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a dungeon crawler, mm-hmm. um, but they've they've made it they've made it very much their own in terms of the fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like a parallel Earth. So there's some there's some parallels to the kind of the religious and political stuff of the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. Um, but you play these. You play one of four characters called the Accursed, and you're tied to the Cursed Heart. That's mm-hmm. kind of you. You're obliged to carry out these missions, not through any any goodness in of your own part, because actually some of the characters are actually quite dodgy. But but you're kind of compelled to go on these quests and defeat these demons, mm-hmm. uh, almost for your own salvation's sake. Um, so there's a big there's a big sort of narrative campaign. 
which I'm, like I say, I'm going to be starting that. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing it for about a year, but it's always been one-shot missions with new players. Mm-hmm. And I was determined that I was going to get a regular group together and play it. So that's really good. I also like, I play Zombicide a fair bit. Is it the... The, the, origi- the original Call yeah. game, yeah. Um, I've I played Black Plague a little bit, but... Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, maybe it's the, it's the proper, the, not the usual one, the ordinary one. I've also got um, Scythe. Have you played that? No. I played. So that's, that's the... a tactical. Um, that's a tactical kind of exploration and yeah. gather, goods gathering and conquering sort of a game. That's really good fun. I think somebody at Falker Club that I'm a member of has uh, it. I'm pretty sure they played it, but I was. I want to say I was playing um, Infinity and was too bloody interested in not getting myself killed um, to, to actually pay attention to it. But yeah, um, it's something I've heard of. There's, there's yeah. loads of stuff that I've heard of and would love to play. And it's like, uh, that's that's one that's on the list. So that's um, really good. And then I, I still play Space Hulk from time to time yeah, as well. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Got a lot of classics. Car- Carcassonne as well. That's quite a nice relaxing Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got that on the phone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, did, I did have the app on my old phone, but my I couldn't really take it anymore. I haven't I haven't put it on my new one yet. Yeah. Um, but I played my first actual game of it about a month ago, something like that. Um, maybe a wee bit longer than that. And I filmed it for my YouTube channel. And uh-huh. I beat, I beat badly in both games that we played it, but it was fun. That's the thing about it. Um, that, but that that's my whole thing with a hobby is if it's not fun, I'm not going to play it. That's it's, it's why I stopped playing tournament players of bolt action and 40k and Warhammer. I'm like, I'm not having any fun. Go away. Leave me alone. I'll find other people to play with. Um, but yeah, um, that's the thing. I'm starting to get into board games a lot more because I'm I'm going to steal. And I've I've done it before. Um, steal award from um, while waiting from tabletop as an infection vector, a way of getting people into the hobby. Um, I, th- I think a lot of board games nowadays, um, certainly stuff like code words and cards against humanity and this flux games, they're really good for that because yeah. they're really easy to learn. They're fun, and um, and it gets people thinking and talking about games. So. Yeah. You know, um, I got my girlfriend into it um, with Starflops, um, which she's actually beating me right now in the number of games. Uh-huh. I think we played about 60 games, and she's ahead of me right now, which, you know, she <laughs> gives her great joy. Um, but she once she got me Pandemic. Um, oh, that's excellent. Yeah. It is good fun. She still hasn't played it yet. She's like I bought it because you want because I wanted to play it, but I've still not played it yet. And um, she got me Marvel Munchkin. See the oh yeah Munchkin, the Marvel version of Munchkin. I've still not played that yet. They've I've just got, bought out the forty k version now. Yeah, well, no. yeah. And they announced the Gamma the other day that they're doing a Warhammer Age of Sigmar version of it as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be interesting. But yeah, she's just like you get all these games. We'll have fun doing it. So that that's been great, and also. I did a Kickstarter last year. It was um, 
dogs, like dog miniatures of like bards and rogues and all this, these kind of things, because she loves dogs. I mean, I don't mind the dogs, but you know, she really loves them. Uh, and oh, is that like, is that the townsfolk one? No, no, it's the actual characters. Um, oh, right. Uh, where is it? I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of a different Kickstarter. There's so many. <sighs> There's just so many at any given yeah. time that you like. You can't keep up with. Um, Animal Adventures: Tales of Dungeons and Doggies. So it's. Oh yes, no, I have seen those. They look brilliant. They look yeah. absolutely brilliant, and I'm, I'm yeah. sure once, I mean, the painted ones that they show you are look amazing, and I'm like, yeah, okay. So she wants to play D and D, using those. And using the rules that they come with, and that's the thing. I've started a new um, RPG group recently, yeah. and pretty much every single one of them's got less than. Actually, if every one of them combined had thirty hours of experience, I'd be lucky. And I'm like, hmm, this is going to be fun because I have not played with a brand new group since I first started playing it, like fourteen uh, RPGs. But I started playing RPGs about fourteen, and I'm like. Hmm, this is going to be interesting, but it's it's interesting because they're really enthusiastic about it, whereas everyone else I play with now is like, ah, it's going to be fun, but they're not like every every day I get new questions from them about stuff, and it's like this is nice. It's it's nice to get that enthusiasm from new players. You've also reminded me that what I did used to do as well was I used to run um, web forum-based RPGs. Mm-hmm. So um, I used to be an admin on Stronghold Knights fan site, you know, for the Stronghold computer games. Yeah. And um, one of the thing, one of the things that developed there was was a a role play kind of quest mm-hmm. forum. So you you did a character sheet and mm. an adventure was set up and you just ran with it yeah. and um, you had one person who was nominally you know the quest giver mm-hmm. um, he, he was he was quite often me with a different account um, but we we hand the battle on to other people sometimes yeah. and um, that was incredible fun yeah. um, the, the site unfortunately we had to abandon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were we had very old we had fairly old software and we, we got so badly eaten alive by uh, spam bots and porn bots and what have you yeah. we ended up having to abandon ship completely. Right. But you can still access um, some of the pages on mm-hmm. things like the way back when engine. Yeah. yeah. Way um, back engine. Yeah, that that's that that thing and you can you can still find the archive. Occasionally, there'll be some there'll be some little nugget of gold from something we produced there. Um, someday they'll find it one day. Yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, this the this thing though does with I found this group through Facebook, which you know I would never have thought to use until you know a couple of years ago. You know, because you wouldn't think to get all these new players into the hobby by playing by using social media but yeah it's quite interesting well apparently um, apparently Discord is working quite yeah. well as a platform for that now as well yeah there's there's lots of different platforms now for it um, 
But it, you actually use the ones that are designed specifically for it, and you can't find anyone unless it's an American. <laughs> that's that's what I found. The the platform specifically to find gamers only work if you're an American. That's helpful. And, and but yeah, um, how did you find paint all the minis? That, that's that's a question that I, I was wondering because I found it by accident. I literally was looking for paint Facebook pages that weren't the ones pretty that much, Pretty much the same as you. Mm. I, I wanted to find a few, I found a few groups and I think that was probably the third or fourth one that I mm. found because there there's ones that are, that are about, there's a, te- there's a terrain building one, mm-hmm. which, I'm, which I'm a member of. There's a miniature painting and terrain building one that mm. I'm also a member of. And then also there's one specifically for painting Reaper minis mm-hmm. and for Mythic Battles Pantheon mm-hmm. and things like that. But yeah. paint all the minis was it, it seemed to me to be quite a good one because it was it was much more general. And yeah. It's got a really nice sort of supportive community atmosphere yeah. to it. You know? That's the thing. That's that I have been on a number of different ones and you tend not to get the same atmosphere as you get in paint all the minis because you know, the minute anyone starts being, for lack of a better word, a complete prick, they're gone. Mm. You know, it's like, well, if you can't be well, nice about good. it. But I mean, what I, what I find as well is that it's, it's, it's the right sort of signs as well. Yeah. Because on, the, on some of the other ones, like the, particularly the, the, the big tabletop one, mm. someone will ask a question, mm-hmm. you know, what do you recommend as a, as a good primer? Mm. You know, and there'll be a hundred answers before you know it. Yeah. And there's only a hundred answers because nobody's bothered to read, read. what anybody else has said, yeah. and they're all and lots of them are saying exactly the same thing. Yeah. And they present their answers as though what they've got to say is absolute gospel. Yeah. Like, oh, use use Vallejo, you know, use Vallejo primer. That's all I use. Yeah. Oh, don't listen to him. That sucks. Use this. And it's yeah. like, you know. There are many options. There are tons other, of options. Other primers are available. You think? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I use if I'm using the airbrush, I'll use the Vallejo primers because yeah, they're easier to, to do than anything else. But if it's a spray can, it'll be from anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. It's the cheapest but one do, I can get my hands on. Do you find I find that like cause I use black most of the time when I use the white, mm-hmm. that's more likely to clog the airbrush than the black is for some reason. Yeah, I think it's because it's got more pigment in it. I think a little uh. bit. And also, I think you need to have a, a higher pressure when you're ah, okay. using it as well. Yeah. As it's trial and error with me um, with that, because I did have an airbrush years ago and then broke it and blew up the compressor. Because that, how I did it, I could never tell you, but I did it. Um, and then I didn't use an airbrush for years, and I got a cheap one with a really shitty compressor two years ago yeah and um, that broke surprisingly enough because it was a cheap one but I got an R1 uh, a heavier duty compressor and that seems to be working fine but I, I don't understand the point and I mean I know a lot of people will go oh yeah this airbrush is better than that one and this one's better than that yeah, one yeah there seems to be these weird little cults and orthodoxies Around you know brushes and yeah. hair brushes and paint browns and it's like just use what works for you. Yeah. You know? I mean I use 
about six different brands of paint, I think. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, if it works, it works. The thing is, I like to have, see, especially if I'm doing hand highlighting rather than dry brushing or doing the layer, I like to have that subtle little pigment difference between that paint that's meant to be the same as that one. Yeah. It's that nice little progression rather than having a massive progression yeah. of, of different um, paint levels or paint colours. So, you know, yeah, I use about six different ones regularly. I mean, I, I use Workshop, I use Army Painter, occasionally Tamiya stuff, especially the, is it Tamiya, is the Clear? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant the, for doing I, the palette. I use the Clear Red, but I have to have all the windows open. It's yeah, because it's an alcohol-based one, um, rather than a water-based one. That's, that, <laughs> that's what I figured out when using it. I was like, this isn't water-based, this is smelly. It's not quite as bad as enamel paints. Because uh, I use enamels for doing yeah. see um, the model cars. See if I'm doing them. I normally use the oh, what's the name yet? Yeah? Al Alkel or something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, does they've got a, a an apple, a candy apple, and a candy red that I use? But it's enamel and it's stinking and. It, you have to clean the airbrush about 20 times after you've used it because it's it's horrible stuff but it's great for that kind of stuff but yeah that that's kind of the last one I did I actually used the see the the colour changing paints from Green Stuff World I used the one that's oh from, I haven't tried those out yet they do look amazing they can be yeah. Some of them you can do with a brush, but yeah. some of them they have to go through the airbrush. Um, but this one's the shift shifts between purple and green. It's for my brother-in-law's birthday, his thirtieth oh. birthday, which was last year. <laughs> yeah, part of me would part of me would quite like to do a, a Gaslands team using those. Actually, mm-hmm. I think they look pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I think for everyday painting they're not so great but see for like special projects and stuff they're, they're, yeah. they're brilliant um, I tried it I got and I didn't know it was uh, a repro when I got it it was a lemon rust see for a Horace Heresy I got it on um, ex-girlfriend I think got me or did they? I can't even remember um, who got me it but I tried that on it and it actually part, some of it looks good but some of it it's, it's not good for the, the the brush paint mm. it's, it, it, it's entirely dependent on the paint and how, how good you shake it up and stuff but yeah it, it I mean I, I can't I'm trying to think but with the, the nature of it it doesn't seem to me that it would lend itself to painting several coats of it no you'd, you'd probably have to just have the have the single airbrush layer wouldn't you yeah Um. so, so what paints do you use Brands uh, well, majority of what I use is Games Workshop Citadel stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it, some of which is is from the old, you know, the original range. I've got, I've still got some of those that's mm-hmm. still perfectly liquid. Um, but I think mostly, like the reason I still use those is convenience because yeah. I've got the shop up the road, ten minutes away. So if I 
if I need anything, I can always grab that. If they don't have it, yeah. then the shop that 10 minutes down the road will. Yeah. So, you know, that's fine. But I also use um, Vallejo pet brushes, uh, airbrush paints mm-hmm. as well, which again, I've, you know, there's a couple of shops that that do a good range of those. So, yeah. you know, I've, I'm quite lucky really in terms of what's, what's accessible. Yeah. I mean, even to the extent where I've got a brewer's supply shop who sell the large corks um, that I can mount my miniatures onto. So mm-hmm. I just bought a, I just bought a bag of ten of those because I needed some more um, this morning, and they're like, yeah, three minute walk away. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, coat arms do the old set of buildings. They, they, I think they were the actual original producers. Was coat arms. And yes. Do the... Yes. Um, and actually, big. Um, big do those I think mm. I think they've got those um, and the P3 paints are quite similar yeah. as well aren't they yeah. yeah that's the war machine war yeah. reports mob and yeah I know people that use the P3 paints because they are big war machine players but they also use Citadel paints and they use that's, that's the thing a lot of people are, uh, I know that are painters and commission painters are like well I used all these different kinds of paints, so yeah. I'm not a brand-specific person. I no, I mean, also, particularly if I'm doing, like, 40K stuff, mm-hmm. it's, um, and, you know, I might, it may be that I'm doing somebody's art, in which mm-hmm. case, as long as I'm consistent with myself, it's fine. Yeah. But if I'm trying to do something that fits in with somebody's existing army, like, yeah. Last week I did a set of 28 orcs mm-hmm. for somebody's Evil Sons army and of course I wanted to make sure that I was using the same paints that they were using yeah. so that they sat right with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just just little things like that. Yeah. Um, so you're not, you're not a, a specific brush man either, are you? you uh, not, not particularly, but what I've... Um, what I've gravitated towards are pro-art brushes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I've got a local art shop that, that does them, the standard watercolour ones. Yeah. But then there's also one in town which does, um, they do a, min- a specific miniature painting range, mm-hmm. which are which are fatter handles, so yeah. they're ergonomically they're a bit the, more comfortable. Have you seen so the, so the, they're very nice to use. Yeah. So have you seen the and army then, painter ones that are... The kind of triangular. Yeah, they, so they they got a very similar grip to that. I quite like them. Yeah. For yeah. Just it's just the comfort level. If you're yeah. sitting painting for, mm, it's the longest I've sat and painting for about eight hours. Solid. Yeah. You know, if you, you it's too to, easy to just zone out, isn't it? Yeah, if nobody interrupts you, you just no. <laughs> well, yeah. My girlfriend works like from ten to half five, and if I'm in the house. And the dog, unlike what he's been doing today, is he actually behaves himself? Yeah, um, I heard. The, I'm sure I heard the dog clapping his ears just yeah, earlier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, if he he was actually in the um, blinds as well, but um, yeah, if he behaves himself, I can sit for hours and hours and hours, and I'll forget to eat. I've done that often. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's the same with terrain as well. I'll just sit and do it. And you get loads done, but you don't get as much done as you think you do. You always think, I've been sitting at this for hours. How did I not get more done? Um, 
But yeah, um, I I just tend to find a paintbrush that um, it's got a good point on it, and that works for me. Yeah. I'll, I'll use cheap ones. I'll use good ones. I find they're just as good as each other. I know a lot of people are like, well, if you take care of this brush or that brush, it'll last you forever. It's like, well, I've had the Konsky Sable ones, which lasted about two weeks. Because, I don't know, it wasn't really good Konsky Sable, or it wasn't done very well, or whatever it is, what the reason for it has been. That's why I don't spend stupid amount of money on paintbrushes. I don't get it. But, yeah. Um, so, do you you do a lot of commission painting? Do you use your own um, basing techniques, or do you use the Games Workshop techniques, or that kind of thing? A little bit of a mixture. Um, so, a lot of the time, it it tends to be that a lot of the people tend to want it done with, you know, a grill and earth. So you've got that kind mm. of earth effect. Um, but I'll, I'll do my own thing as well so um, particularly when it's been sort of character miniatures for D&D I've, I've sculpted like flagstones out of clay yeah. and things like that and I, I'll do I'll do sort of rock outcrops made of cork tile and yeah. all that sort of thing so yeah I do a bit of a mixture because I think base, base making the bases it's like it's like terrain building on a, on yeah. a smaller scale so it's the same sort of skill isn't it yeah well um, I was just thinking because I can't remember who it was on Twitter the other day was showing the 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 tops of one of the texture paints and it just reminded me of the looks APS you know the way he, has, he does his own aggrelling earth yeah that's that saved me so much money I'm like hmm yes yeah I spotted that yeah that you know he's, he's effectively he's worked out a yeah. recipe for, for something that does the same thing. But yeah. then like there's it's again it's one of these other brands are available things. So things yeah. like things like crackle paints, yeah. um things like snowflock. Yeah. It's like um so I will use um Valhalla Blizzard for snow mm-hmm. for if I know I'm just doing small batches of things, but it, you it and you end up using a ton of it. Yeah. Um so I've I've worked out I can pretty much emulate that mm-hmm. using Snowflock mixed into clear acrylic medium with mm-hmm. a little bit of PVA yeah. and you get exa- exactly the same effect um, well, for you know for larger terrain pieces because yeah. see in the Conquest um, deliveries I got the is it Armageddon is it the no Astro Granite <clears throat> yeah I got that and I was doing roads for tutorials on the YouTube oh, channel. Oh, you just used tons. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I already had the homemade stuff, which is basically the same thing. And I put it on, and I'm like, I actually like homemade stuff more than I like the Games Workshop stuff. It, I mean, there's bigger chunks of stone and stuff in the homemade stuff, because it, was, it wasn't made specifically for doing roads, but... I think it actually looks better, to be honest. But, yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, I, I used to. I mean, I've because uh, because partly because again, I don't have a lot of space, so there's mm-hmm. a limit to how much mess I can make. <laughs> um, but um, I I use 
use the sort of Vallejo sandy paste as a kind of almost the default texture for, mm-hmm. for most things, so walls and and, um, and road surfaces and things. But I used to use like massive tubs of masonry paint because mm-hmm. that's that's great. It's basically the same thing. Yeah, that works very well. Yeah. Yeah, it's just on a bigger scale. That's, that's, that's the thing. Sometimes when I look at things, I'm like. It's kind of out of scale for the size, but fuck it, that works. <laughs> um, another another thing that's good for that is um, I don't uh, I think is it plasticoat? I mean, there's a, there's a few brands that do it, but textured yeah. spray paint. Yeah, um, oh, no, I've seen some. They, they can be excellent. Yeah. Yeah. The only problem with textured spray paints and stuff like that is when you're using on foam, and it just eats the foam. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you've got to see that first, yeah. but yeah, properly. Um, because I made that. I was I've taken them apart. <laughs> I was making buildings, and again, I'm shit at making buildings, but it's just it's, it's one of those things. I was making it with like the foam um, that I used to make my rivers and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I sprayed it by mistake, and it got big pits in it. I was like, oh, yeah. Oops. So it, I it mean, if, if you do it deliberately for an effect, that's, yeah, that's one thing. But it yeah. looks great, but <laughs> when, you, when you do it by mistake, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, but I did get taken apart and made holes, you know, so. Oh, the, I mean, some of some of the first ways. terrain I ever made was literally um, slabs of seeding tiles yeah. that I that I deliberately melted holes in with um, with polystyrene cement, yeah. uh, bullet holes, you know. That was, yeah. And there wasn't anything much to. I don't think I even painted it. I think that's all we did. <laughs> and and that was we we were we had effectively invented our own skirmish game using the Space Crusade rules. Yeah. But just on a battlefield. That's pretty cool, actually. Um, yeah, that, that's that's another blast from a past Space Crusade. I, yeah, I found absolutely. the parts from Space Crusade. None of the figures, because I know where some of them are. Some of them are in my Space Wolf army. Because <laughs> um, I've I, I used the the dreadnoughts um, for you know the chaos dreadnoughts. I use them for um, what's it called? What's the heresy ones? Oh yeah, yeah. Contemptors. I've got a contemptor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I still use them as contemptors because they don't look like Bjorn. Oh, I've got Bjorn. I'm like, they don't look like him. They don't quite look like that one, but they work. Um, and I, I, I don't play competitions, and I don't play with people that are like, oh, they have to be what, what you say they are. So they work. People are fine with that. So yeah, um, I mean it's that. I suppose that's the thing with Space Crusade is there's too many of the parts that are too easy to can- cannibalise for other things like yeah. those tarantula um, tripod guns dreadnought. you know absolutely perfect for gun emplacements yeah. but they're also good for tarantulas as well for mm. um, 30k yeah true <laughs> I've used them <laughs> I've used them in games but a 30k well um, yeah mm, yeah that's everything I've I, I actually got to say and ask today. Um, thanks very much for coming on, man. Um, much appreciated. Um, any plugs that you've got for yourself on your go? Okay, well, um, yeah, sure. So if you're interested in what I'm doing, then I've got my Facebook page, Pandemonium Miniatures. Yep. Um, and I've got my. Instagram, which is also Pandemonium Miniatures, with an underscore in between the two words, and then my Twitter is also the same username as my Instagram. I've got an X 
Etsy shop, which is Pandemonium Pandemonium Minis, because um, it wouldn't let me, didn't have the character space for the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so that's got a variety of things. Uh, it's kind of a duplication of the of my commissioning services, but mm-hmm. it's also if I've made something specifically to sell, cool. then I'll, I'll list it on there as well. So there's a I've got a winter medieval house up on sale at the moment um, and that's it I have got a YouTube channel although I haven't done anything with it yet yeah, I'm, I'm deciding whether that's going to be a platform for perhaps some terrain tuition mm-hmm. type things or possibly just kind of gameplay videos of Darklight yeah. it kind of it kind of something I'm thinking about because I kind of need to have some decent equipment if I'm going to make make something like that I think well um, I, I just started the YouTube channel three or four months ago um, and I've actually just used my phone to oh, video everything um, like, uh, well I, I might give, I might do a couple of test, test goes with my yeah. phone and see see what I think but I don't know yeah um, I, I'm really enjoying it it's, it's the same as the podcast it's fun and then, you know, I get to talk to people and get to do things, and yeah, it's really good fun. Um, cool. So, again, thanks very much for coming on. Um, no problem. Enjoyed it, thank yeah. you. Yeah, no problem. Hey, folks, um, that was uh, Paul Cook from Pandemonium Miniatures. Um, it was really good to talk to him. I know it wasn't quite as long as Dan, but um, to be honest, that. Uh, I'd ran out questions and I couldn't think of any at the moment because I've been recording all day and my brain's a bit fried. Um, but yeah, again, thanks to Paul for coming on. Um, really appreciate it. And, you know, hope to have him on in the future. Um, so, a lot about admin wise, um, right now we are on I can't remember what week this is now um, I think the Lieutenant Kelsey's um, raffle is finished um, I can't remember what the current one is afterwards um, but if you want to help the channel out um, it's £3 for a raffle ticket um, go to my coffee account and you can buy it there buy a raffle ticket there um, if you want to support the channel a little bit more you know, um, I can do commission and PCs of terrain and what have you, um, just like Paul does, um, or I can commission armies for you, figures for you, whatever. As I said, don't do tau, don't ask me to do tau. Um, yeah, so hopefully um, in the near future we're going to have some more um, actual play podcasts. Um, as, as I was talking to Paul about and I've talked to them about um, new group um, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast as me and Dan have talked about it's not about the numbers it's about people enjoying it um, YouTube channel I'm trying to <laughs> get back to the schedule um, it's just the last week or so has been a little bit hectic um, but yeah um, all the details are on the podcast website um, 
and you know hope you guys enjoyed and i'm gonna say good day happy hobby <laughs>